Good evening, listeners. Welcome to the Nightly Crowdcatcher with Corey Bank. This is episode 30. I'm excited to be here with you all tonight. I am your host, and you're listening to WQEE 99.1 FM, the Keanu Newton, Georgia. I hope everyone's having a great night. It's now time to enter the late night madness. First thing that we're going to talk about in the world of the MLB in our first story is about the Miami Marlins versus the Cincinnati Reds. Jorge Soler hit a two-run homer in the seventh inning, and the Miami Marlins rallied for a 3-2 win over the Cincinnati Reds in a matchup of the NL wildcard contenders on Tuesday night. Soler connected on a four-seam fastball from reliever Lucas Sims, sending it just out of the reach of leaping center fielder TJ Friedel. So, the Marlins held on to snap a five-game skid and move within one half game of the Reds for the final wildcard spot. Cincinnati has lost seven of the last eight. I don't put any added pressure on these guys that you have to win today or else the type of deal, says Marlins manager Skip Schumacher. I think they go about it the right way. When you play games like that, where it's pitching, really good defense, timely hitting, that's the kind of recipe we had during the first half. But Miami starter Braxton Garrett gave up two runs and six hits and six innings with three strikeouts. His two-seamer was really effective. Miami shortstop Joey Wendell said caught a lot of ground balls, but a lot of good plays behind him. Pinch hitter Joey Votto drew a two-out walk from David Robertson in the ninth, but the reliever acquired from the New York Mets last month struck out Christian Encarnacion Strand to enter his second save with the Miami Marlins and his 16th overall. Miami went ahead in the second inning on a two-outs doubles by Jake Berger and Joey Wendell. Red starter Luke Weaver allowed another hit and walked the bases full but got out of the jam by inducing a grounder from Nick Fortes. Friedel drove in the Reds' first run with a double in the second. In the fifth, Stuart Fairchild turned a blooper into a triple and scored on an errant throw home to put the Reds ahead 2-1. Weaver allowed one run and five hits with six strikeouts and four one-third innings. They made some nice plays, says Reds manager David Bell, but no question we needed more opportunities on these bases. They did a nice job in keeping us off the bases, but the electrifying efforts Chairchild made something out of almost nothing to put the Reds ahead in the fifth. His blooper down the right field line bounced past Miami's right fielder, Jesus Sanchez. By the time Sanchez retrieved the ball from the corner and got it in, the speedy Fairchild was rounding third at full speed and ran through the stop sign of third base coach J.R. House. He scored thanks to an offline throw to the plate by second baseman Luis Arias. It was scored a triple and an error, but Fairchild still got to wear the Viking-style helmet, normally reserved for dugout home run celebrations. But when I was halfway to third base, I saw a house waving me, Fairchild said. He threw on the stop right when I was touching the third base. I was too far gone. I just kept going. But there was a lot of strikeouts, 
And Ellie De La Cruz is exciting to watch on the base pass, but lately has a strikeout problem. The Reds rookie has struck out at least once in each of the last 15 games. He was 0 for 4 with a pair of strikeouts on Tuesday's game and has 81 this season. Now we have got our trainers report. As for the Marlins, center fielder Jazz Chisholm Jr. was back in the starting lineup after an MRI showed no structural damage to his right hamstring. Chisholm has missed 21 games with the injury. He had a pinch hit homer off reliever Ian Gabot in Miami's 5-2 loss to the Reds on Monday night. As for the Reds, their right-handed pitcher, Hunter Green, had hip soreness and is scheduled to return August 28th, providing a boost to the Reds' current four-man starting rotation. Out since June 17th, he threw in the bullpen before the game, and second baseman Jonathan India on the injured list since July 30th with plantar fascist in his left foot. He took batting practice Tuesday. He's expected to return to the lineup on Friday. But all in all, it was the Miami Marlins who took this game to Yagasta, folks, to the bank by the score of 3-2. Into the next game of the MLB news we go. We're going to recap upon is between the Atlanta Braves versus the Pittsburgh Pirates. Orlando Arasas, two-run double with two outs in the top of the ninth, capped a three-run inning and rallied the Major League best Atlanta Braves to an 8-6 victory over the Pittsburgh Pirates. So after right fielder Ronald Acuna Jr. left the game, Pirates closer David Bedner came on to start the ninth with a 6-5 lead, but took his third blown save and 26 opportunities this season. Arisas, double, came immediately after Kevin Piller hit a tying single with the Braves down to the final out. Arisas also homered and finished with three hits and three RBIs to help the Braves end the three-game losing streak. We had lost three in a row, so we kind of felt we had to do whatever we had to do to win this game. Arisa I says, I just wanted to lift the spirits of the team, and luckily we were able to win it. But Pillar's clutch hit set the stage for Arisa's game winner. The 34-year-old outfielder has learned to channel his emotions with the game on the line after 11 seasons in the major leagues. Surprisingly, I feel pretty calm going up there, Pillar said. I feel like it's a scenario where everyone in the ballpark might think that I'm going to make an out in that situation. I use that to my advantage. I've played in multiple playoffs. I've played in a lot of big games, bigger games than this. But even though it's a big moment, you just try to recall those moments that you've been on in the big stage. But my dad gave me good advice when I first started this journey, regardless of what happens. But the Pirates put two runners on in the bottom of the ninth inning. Razel Iglesias got Jack Sawinski to hit a game-ending comebacker for his 21st save and 23 chances. Very good statistics. But Acuna was hit on the left elbow by a pitch from reliever Colin Holderman in the sixth inning and was removed for a pinch runner. X-rays were negative and Acuna is considered day-to-day. I'm sure it stung pretty good, and he lost feeling in his arm. But Braves manager Brian Snicker said, I'm just going to show up 
regardless of what happens, I'd rather not take any chances on by leaving in the game. But just let him go, get treatment, and see how he feels tomorrow. Acuna has been one of the best players in the majors this season. He led off the game with his 26th homer, his 31st career leadoff homer, and his 5th this season, and he went 1 for 3. Acuna is batting 339 in his 111 games and leads the majors with 53 stolen bases. The Braves, Matt Olson, reached 100 RBIs, the first major league player to reach the mark in 2023. Olson has driven in a run in 11 straight games, and Travis Dernard had three hits for Atlanta, and Michael Harris II had two. Kirby Yates pitched a scoreless eighth and kept his perfect record. The Pirates used four home runs to build a 6-3 lead by the fifth inning. K. Brian Hayes hit a three-run shot in the first inning. And Alfonso Rivas led off the fourth with a long ball. And Josh Palacios and Brian Reynolds went back-to-back to begin in the fifth inning. On the second pitch of the game, Acuna belt a 448-foot drive to center field of Mitch Keller. Two of Bedner's three blown saves this season have been in the last four days. Tough start for him the last four days, but he can pull it together. He's been a very decent reliever this year. David is a savage. He's going to shake it off for sure, Palacio said. This is baseball. It goes up. It goes down. Nobody has a zero ear array in this league. Things happen. He's an all-star. He's the best closer in the game, in my opinion. He's going to bounce back from this with ease. But as for the starters, Keller gave up three runs and nine hits in five innings, while striking out four and walking none in his no decision. He is winless since June 28th and remains stuck on the nine-win mark. Brave starter Yanni Chirinos yielded six runs on seven hits in five innings with five strikeouts and two walks. The Pirates made a series of moves after using seven pitchers on Monday night and in 7-6 win over the Braves. But right-hander Thomas Hatch was added to the active roster after being claimed off waivers from Toronto and right-hander Colin Selby was recalled from AAA Indianapolis. Right-handers Osvaldo Bido and Yeri De Los Santos were optioned to Indianapolis. But Brent Michaels watched the game from the suite. The frontman of the 1980s rock band Poison is a native of nearby Chicoria, Pennsylvania. But all in all, in this game, it was the Atlanta Braves who took, to you guess it folks, the Pittsburgh Pirates to the bank by the score of 8-6. to into our last story of the MLB news, we go on the nightly crowd catcher with Corey Bank. Kyle Tucker fell behind 0-2 in the count against Felix Bautista to make the best of his bad situation. But I was trying to get something over the plate and just kind of grind through it, Tucker said. I was just able to catch one out in front in time and it well was put into the field. And it was a good swing. But Tucker's grand slam off Bautista in the top of the ninth inning gave the Houston Astros a 7-6 victory over the Baltimore Orioles. So after two quick strikes, Tucker took two pitches out of the zone and fell off four more. 
Finally, on the ninth inning pitch of that bat, he hit a drive to right for his fifth career grand slam and second this season. Houston trailed 5-0 after Ryan Mountcastle and Adley Rushman homered off Framber Valdez in the first and second innings. But the Astros pulled off a remarkable comeback in the ninth against arguably the game's most dominant closer. Pinch hitter John Singleton led off the ninth with a walk, and Jose Altuve followed with a single. Bautista struck out Alex Bregman, but Jordan Alvarez came within a few feet of tying it with a drive to center. Jorge Mateo, a shortstop making only his second start of the year in center field, robbed Alvarez of an extra base hit earlier in the game, but he couldn't catch this, and the ball bounced off the wall for a very long single. Tucker then battled Bautista before finally going deep on a 100-mile-per-hour fastball. Bautista had allowed only five earned runs all season before Houston scored four on him in two-thirds of an inning. Ryan Stanky won in relief, and Ryan Presley pitched a perfect ninth for his 27th save and 31 chances. Baltimore's lead over Tampa Bay atop the AL East dropped to two games. Houston entered the night three games behind Texas in the AL West, with the Rangers playing later at Oakland. Mountcastle's 470-foot drive over the bull both bullpens in left center field at Camden Yards was the ballpark's longest homer by Oriole since StatCast began tracking in 2015. That gave Baltimore a 2-0 lead and ended after two batters any chance of a repeat no-hitter by Valdez. The Houston left-hander threw one against Cleveland in his previous start, but Orioles rookie Grayson Rodriguez allowed two runs and six hits in six innings. Valdez yielded six runs and eight hits in the seventh innings. After Mountcastle gave the Orioles a 2-0 lead, Ramon Yaras hit a one-out triple in the second when Tucker dropped the ball in front of the wall in right field. Uras scored on James McCann's soft grounder to the pitcher when Valdez's throw home couldn't get him. One out later, Rushman's two-run homer made it a 5-0 game. The Astros loaded the bases with one out in the third, but managed only two runs on Tucker's single, and Yanair die as a sacrifice fly. McCann hit a sacrifice fly off his own in the fourth. But Orioles manager, Brandon Hyde, was ejected by first base umpire Edwin Moscosco. After Houston's Jeremy Pena was called safe on a close play at first in the sixth, the Orioles had already had an unsuccessful challenge, and this play wasn't reviewed after Hyde came out to talk to Moscosco. So after Moscosco tossed him, Hyde became more animated at one point throwing his hat on the ground. I got ejected with my back turned, but that's what upset me, Hyde said. I just didn't think it was necessary to throw me out. Pena hit an RBI single in the 8th to make it a 6-3 game. Mountcastle's homer is the longest overall at Camden Yards in stack cast since Carlos Carrera then with the Houston hit one in 2019, and that was a 474-footer. So, we have our training report. As for the Orioles, Juris exited the game with his left heel discomfort, 
and left-handed pitcher John Means left with an elbow surgery. He's set to begin a rehab assignment Thursday with Double A Bowie. So in this one, it was the Houston Astros, folks, who took this game to the bank by the score of seven to six. We'll be right back with the world of NBA. You don't want to miss it. Active Pest Control offers the best services and prices to protect your home. Offering both monthly and quarterly pest control services, plus specific services like bed bugs, German roach, and flea control. Even if you can't see them, insects are all around you 24-7. Active Pest Control wants to be the first line of defense. Active Pest Control. Repair. Bond. Best termite coverage around. Active Pest Control. 34 Jefferson Street, Noonan. 770-954-9941. Want to give back to your community in a meaningful way? Cares for Kids is a Keller Williams Realty-founded charity in which 100% of money raised goes directly to children in need in our area. Cares for Kids helps fund local organizations like Angel's House, Coweta Casa, Elevate, and more. Help Cares for Kids reach their mission of serving 1 million children. Call 678-634-9770 today to learn more on how to be involved or text k for k Noonan to 44321 to donate. This week's property of the week is located at 688 Cheatham Road in Griffin, Georgia. This 32.14 acre track is waiting to find its new owner. This property features a three bed, two bath home built in 1890. An 18 by 28 utility shed ran with its own power and water, fencing for horses and other livestock, and timber such as pine, oak, and pecan trees. Call 678-634-9770 for more information. Welcome back. You're listening to Nightly Crow Catcher with Corey Bank on WQEE 99.1 Nikki and Newton, Georgia. And now we're on to the world of the NBA. And our first story is about the Cleveland Cavaliers point guard taking a pause in his pro basketball career to deal with his mental health. Cleveland Cavaliers and Spanish national team point guard Ricky Rubio announced Saturday that he was putting his career on hold indefinitely to focus on mental health. I have decided to stop my professional activity to take care of my mental health. I want to take thank all my support I've received from the Spanish national team to understand my decision, Rubio said. Today, family makes more sense than ever. Thank you. I would ask that my privacy be respected so that I can face these moments and be able to give more information when the time is right. Later this month, Rubio was expected to lead the Spanish team in an attempt to defend their World Cup title in the Philippines, but he left the team's training camp this week in Madrid and didn't play in Spain's first warm-up game Friday night against Venezuela. Rubio, 32, was the MVP of the last World Cup back in 2019 in China. Spain is currently ranked number one in the world ahead of the United States after winning the European Championship last summer. The Spanish are already without injured guard Lorenzo Brown, a star in the run to the Eurobasket title. The 12-year NBA veteran had a subpar year for the Cavs last season as he worked back from a torn ACL, the second of his career. 
suffered during the 2021-22 season. He averaged 5.2 points and 3.5 assists in 33 games after rejoining the team midseason. Rubio has two seasons and $12.5 million left on a contract signed with the Cavs last summer. So, we hope for you to get better, Rubio. Feel better. Do what's right for you. Come back to the league strong. Now we're off to our last story and the NBA offseason. And this is about the Team USA's first game in the FIBA World Cup exhibition. Team USA will take off from Las Vegas and fly about 10 hours without Wi-Fi access, which, to the dismay of the players, to Malaga, Spain, where the team will spend several days as part of its ongoing preparation for the FIBA World Cup, which begins in the Philippines later this month. But the flight comes on the heels of what Team USA coach Steve Kerr deemed a very successful five-day training camp. One that culminated with a 43-point crushing of the Puerto Rican national team. After taking in four practices, several scrimmages, and Monday's exhibition game here are five takeaways from the start of what Team USA hopes will be a six-week sprint to a gold medal next month. Number one, the starting lineup is coming into focus. Kerr doesn't like to give much away to the media, and he especially doesn't like to starting lineups. He has done everything in his power to downplay any sort of hierarchy when it comes to his current gig leading Team USA to the FIBA World Cup. However, after Monday's game against Puerto Rico, it seems clear what direction Kerr is leaning toward as the team prepares to begin play in Philippines in a few weeks. Jalen Brunson, Mikel Bridges, Brandon Ingram, and Jaron Jackson Jr. were part of the first group in the scrimmages Friday and Saturday, as well as being in the starting lineup against Puerto Rico. And although Cam Johnson took the floor with that group to begin scrimmages on Friday, it was Anthony Edwards who took that fifth spot in Saturday's scrimmage and in Monday's game. It's a group that makes sense. Although Team USA has another bona fide star at point guard in Tyrese Halliburton, Kerr has raved about Brunson's leadership. Bridges is arguably the NBA's best third three and D wing, and Jackson was always going to be starting at a big spot. And with the team searching for a go-to score option, surrounding those three with the two best isolation players in the team and Ingram and Edwards also checks a lot of the boxes. Kerr was quick to say this might not be the group he sticks with, but after its impressive showing Saturday, this gave that group the edge to start against Puerto Rico. Monday's performance did nothing to change the notion it should be the starting group. Brandon Ingram and Anthony Edwards led Team USA to win a Monday night game against Puerto Rico. Number two, Edwards might become the team's go-to guy. And now we get to see the most interesting question about this team. If it's a close game with three minutes to go, who is going to be the, the guy to make that play at the end of the game? And Team USA Managing Director Grant Hill, Senior Director Sean Ford, and Kerr have put together a well-balanced, versatile roster. The one thing it lacks, though, is the alpha presence in the closing moments of a game, something that was only magnified when that person on the 2021 Olympic team, Kevin Durant, sat courtside 
Monday night at the team's starting point guard. Brunson will likely get some of those opportunities simply by having the ball in his hands. And he has shown he's unafraid in those moments. Ideally, though, that player would be on the wing, and Edwards has the ability to grow into the role on this team. It's no coincidence that Edwards' insertion into the starting lineup Saturday led to a far different Team USA. And although he tied for the team lead with 15 points on Monday, it was his four steals that made the biggest impact. When Edwards is using his physicality to be a two-way force, there shouldn't be anyone in this tournament who can slow him down. And if he becomes that player consistently, that will be a significant step toward Team USA's winning goal. Number three, this team is going to play small. Kerr's Golden State Warriors teams have helped revolutionize the NBA by playing small lineups built around Draymond Green at center. So it should become as no surprise that this team is going to play small ball over the next few weeks. At no point over the past five days did any of the team's three true centers, Jackson, Bobby Portis, and Walker Kessler, share the court. Instead, it's clear that Kerr has decided to lean into the team's strength, which is its depth and athleticism on the perimeter. It's also generally the way Team USA has deployed its forces in recent years. In Tokyo, for example, Bam Adebayo started and Green came off the bench. On Monday, Jackson started at center with Porters following him off the bench. Kerr even used Paolo Banchero as a small ball five late in the first half and clearly fancies the Rookie of the Year in that role for more than just a minute. Number four, ball. Movement is a strength. Ever since Kerr took over the Warriors in 2014, he has preached the importance of passing, of sharing the ball, of playing together. He has also done the same over the past few days and has repeatedly said how much he's always going to have teams share the ball. It has become more apparent that that's going to be a big strength of this group. The lack of an obvious ball-dominant force means the best way for this team to score is for the ball to hop, skip, and jump around the court. And even with Team USA going 6-for-27 for three-point range against Puerto Rico, the Americans were able to generate consistent open looks. With a group of shooters this good, the shots will fall. The ball movement is especially apparent when the second unit led by Halliburton and Austin, River, Austin Reeves takes the floor. The two have a natural chemistry, and they combine for 16 assists to just two turnovers against Puerto Rico, leading a unit that was rocketing up and down the court, constantly kicking the ball ahead to the open man for the run-out layups and dunks. Kerr has singled out both players, Reeves in particular, for their play during training camp, and they are going to be the two most important players coming off the bench, presuming Kerr sticks with his current rotation. If he doesn't, it will be because Halliburton or Reeves earns a chance to move into the starting lineup. Number 5. Perhaps the most interesting thing to come out of Monday's game was seeing Banchero at small ball center, especially when Jackson picked up his third foul early in the third quarter. Even more interesting, Kerr's answer when asked about Banchero's time at the 5 spot and whether it was a sign of things to come. He's going to play some five, Kerr said. One of the things we really found in the 2021 team in the Tokyo Olympics was having a five guy 
who can push the ball and transition and create plays is very difficult for FIBA teams to handle. So he can play some four, as he showed, but play plenty of five as well. While Kerr is correct about the way Team USA deployed its centers in the 2021 Olympics, there is one fairly notable difference. The centers on the team were Autobio and Green, two of the best defenders in the NBA. Bantrero, on the other hand, played only about 3% of his minutes at center during his rookie season with Orlando Magic. Per cleaning the glass is nowhere near the defensive presence either of those players have. If Kerr does give Banchero some extended looks with the second unit, having him fly up and down alongside Halliburton and Reeves could be a devastatingly effective offensive unit. One thing is for certain, though. With Jackson, Banchero, Portis, and Kessler, Team USA has a lot of different ways it can play at the center position. And in a tournament with all sorts of potential opportunities here, to prepare, and more options that are available for the betterment of this team. So it should be very interesting to see how they're going to rotate their players going to the FIBA tournament, and hopefully this USA team can bring home the gold. But we'll be right back with the NFL offseason. You don't want to miss it. Wishbone Fried Chicken is back in a brand new location. 31 Jackson Street, Sweet A here in Noonan. Same great taste. The best chicken around. Fish dinners. Open Monday through Saturday, 10.30 a.m. to 4 p.m. Dine in. Take out. It's Wishbone Fried Chicken. Right next door to their former location, bringing you the best chicken around. So great. Wishbone Fried Chicken, 31 Jackson Street, Sweet A, here in Noonan. Got mold? Call the Mold Man. Specializing in crawl space and interior mold remediation, encapsulations, and basement waterproofing since 2019. The Mold Man team takes pride in keeping your family healthy and your home mold free. Visit our website, themoldmanllc.com, to schedule a quote or give us a call at 678-227-9763. Hey sports fans, it's Rod Peterson here, host of The Rod Peterson Show, inviting you to join us daily for two hours of Atlanta's funnest sports talk right here on WQEE. I say fun because it is. You've never heard a show like it because we make the listeners a part of the show. Every day between noon and 2 p.m. Eastern, you'll hear plenty of the best sports talk, including the latest on the Falcons, the Braves, and more. And who knows, you might even hear you. That's the Rod Peterson Show, daily at noon, right here on WQEE 99.1 FM. Hey, sports fans. Weekdays, 3 p.m. Eastern to 5 p.m. Eastern. Drive time. WQEE. Braves Country is a Southern sports talk show with Mac McGee and the Armchair Quarterbacks. That's Braves Country with Mac McGee and the Armchair Quarterbacks. Weekdays, 3 p.m. to 5 p.m., right here on WQEE 99.1 FM. Welcome back. You're listening to Another Crowd Catcher with Corey Bank on WQEE 99.1, the Kiana Newton, Georgia. And now we're on to our NFL offseason segment. And this first story is about the New Orleans Saints making two crucial signings, one at running back and the other in the linebacker room next. The New Orleans Saints are expected to sign running back Kareem Hunt and linebacker Anthony Barr pending physicals. 
Sources told from ESPN's Diana Rosini. So the Saints linebacker depth has become thin this week, with starter Demario Davis currently sidelined with a calf injury. The Saints lost reserve linebacker Andrew Dowell for the season after he tore his ACL earlier in camp. They'll also need depth at running back once the regular season begins, with Alvin Kamara set to serve a three-game suspension for violating the NFL's personal conduct policy. The Saints have Jamal Williams and rookie Kendry Miller on the roster, but recently placed res reserve running back N.O. Benjamin on injured reserve with a ruptured Achilles. Saints coach Dennis Allen also said he does not expect Davis' injury to be a long-term one, but will monitor him and see how it's going. I'm not going to get into any timelines, but again, it's not going to be anything that's really significant, Allen said on Monday. But Barr, 31, spent the 2022 season with the Dallas Cowboys after eight seasons with the Minnesota Vikings, a 2014 first-round pick by the Vikings. He started 14 games last season with 58 combined tackles and a sack. He has made the four Pro Bowls, most recently during the 2018 season. Hunt was the Cleveland Browns running back for the past four seasons and played in 17 games with no starts last season as a backup to Nick Chubb. He carried the ball 123 times for 468 yards and three touchdowns. He also had 35 receptions for 210 yards and a touchdown. Hunt was a 2017 third-round pick by the Kansas City Chiefs and spent the first two seasons of his career there. He won Rookie of the Year and led the league in rushing yards that season. So, with these two significant upgrades at the position and plenty of their backs going down and their linebacker room going down, these two guys are sufficient. They can hold down the fort. And not only that, when you have a linebacker like Barr, who has been a pro bowler four different times in his career, he's got versatility, he can stuff the run, and he can play the pass quite a bit with Kareem Hunt. He can be a utility guy. You can run him around the ta and through the tackles and bust holes open, and he can be elusive to get to the second level, and then he can catch passes out of the backfield. So these are two decent pickups. Let's see what happens after they're cleared from their physical. But now we're on to our next story of the NFL offseason, and this is about a veteran edge rusher reuniting with his old team in Foxborough. And a reunion with their former draft pick, the New England Patriots have signed defensive end Trey Flowers. It was announced Flowers, a two-time Super Bowl champion in New England, who was selected by the team in the fourth round of the 2015 draft, spent his four seasons with the Patriots before signing a five-year $90 million deal for the Detroit Lions back in 2019. He appeared in four games with the Miami Dolphins last season landing on injured reserve due to his foot. But the six foot two, 265-pound Flowers isn't projected as a lock to make the roster. But he provides veteran depth behind Dietrich Wise Jr. and second-round pick Keon White. In the team's multiple defensive scheme, the team had an open roster spot and thus didn't have to release a player to make room for Flowers, who had visited the team earlier in the offseason and worked out for the club officials on Monday. But Flowers, who turns 30 next week, 
had 21 sacks in his four seasons with the Patriots. He also had five and a half sacks and nine postseason games for the Patriots. After missing his rookie season in 2015 due to injury, Flowers has 31 and a half sacks, 265 tackles, and 10 forced fumbles with four recoveries over his career. But all in all, I believe he's a decent player, and he does have depth. We'll see if he makes a roster, and if he does, see him to be in the lineup at the defensive end spot. Maybe line up a little bit in the wide nine, sometimes a linebacker. But now, we're on to our last story of the NFL offseason, and this is about the signing of a new Detroit Lions quarterback. Free agent quarterback Teddy Bridgewater is signing with the Detroit Lions, a source told ESPN's Jeremy Fowler on Monday. The signing will reunite Bridgewater with Lions head coach Dan Campbell, who was the Saints' assistant head coach slash tight ends coach when Bridgewater was in New Orleans. The deal is expected to be finalized this week. Bridgewater adds reliable depth behind Jared Goff, who is Detroit's clear-cut starter. The Lions were looking for the highest level of insurance in bringing in another backup. Although Goff was healthy and played well this past season, Detroit's depth at the position wasn't strong. With punter Jack Fox, the only other player on the roster to complete a pass, backup quarterback Nate Sudfield did appear in two games but didn't register any stats. Bridgewater visited the Lions in late July, and Campbell didn't sugarcoat his interest in him. We're here three in Campbell's tenure as coach, and I think we're in much better position. And you want to know that you are in the best hands possible? I'll leave it at that. But that's also the competition. Campbell told reporters during the training camp on July 25th, it doesn't mean that Nate's out of anything if we go this route. If it works out, You'll feel good about whoever comes out of the fire is going to be the right guy to help you along the way. But yeah, you don't want the wheels to fall off. But Bridgewater spent last season with the Miami Dolphins on a one-year $6.5 million deal and was Tua, Tua's primary backup. He ends up filling in for the injured Tua on multiple occasions, although he also injured th throughout the season. He wound up starting two games, but both starts were cut short due to injuries. Bridgewater was forced out of the first start against New York Jets back in Week 5, playing just one snap before being placed in the concussion protocol. He then was forced out of his Week 17 start after injuring his pinky finger on his throwing hand, paving the way for the rookie Skylar Thompson to start the regular season finale, as well as the AFC wildcard loss to the Buffalo Bills. Overall, Bridgewater's 30, and he saw action in five games, completing 62% of his 79 passes for 683 yards and four touchdowns against four, four interceptions. But prior to joining the Dolphins, Bridgewater started 29 games over two seasons for the Carolina Panthers and the Denver Broncos. The 2014 first-round pick also has played for the Saints and Minnesota Vikings over his eight NFL seasons throwing for 15,120 yards and 75 touchdowns against 47 interceptions. While completing 66.4% of his passes, he also rushed for 84 yards and another 11 touchdowns. So, we'll see what happens with Teddy Bridgewater. Definitely an insurance backup. Has some credibility in this league, but he hasn't played decent football 
in a couple years now. Injury prone. But we'll see what they do when the time is right. When they have to call Teddy Bridgewater. Bridgewater's number in Detroit. But we'll be right back. We're about to go into the NCAA football offseason. You don't want to miss it. How do you make the most of your land? Everyone has their way. The Nelsons depend on their John Deere Gator XUV835R to get from point A to point B with decoys and the dogs. As much as we got going on, it's all about efficiency. And if you ask the Mosers what they use their Gator XUV590M for, they tell you. The most fun we have on the Gator is just repping around the property. There are millions of ways to make the most of your land. Learn how to make the most of yours at Deer.com. Nothing runs like a deer. I'm pretty handy around the house, but now that I have kids, I don't want to spend my Saturday installing a toilet or fixing an air conditioner. But thankfully, there's HomeAdvisor. HomeAdvisor helps me find the best home pros in my area to handle any kind of project. You can read reviews of the pros, check their availability, and even book appointments online. And what my wife loves most is that HomeAdvisor is completely free to use. Go to HomeAdvisor.com or download the free app to get started. HomeAdvisor. I'm not going to lie. I know nothing about cars. And I don't really mind keeping it that way. This, it's cool. I called CarShield before my car broke down. Thanks to CarShield, I don't have to understand anything about what's broken because plans can pay for repairs on up to 6,000 parts of my car. Leave fixing cars to the experts and call CarShield before your car breaks down and maybe save some money for once. It's a thought. Call 800-579-6554. 800-579-6554. At Jersey Mike's, they slice your order fresh right in front of you. And let me tell you, watching that can send a rush of emotions through a person. Excitement, impatience, baby-like wonder, indecisive, anticipatory chewing, nervous pacing, happy claps, and finally, jealousy, because that's this guy's sub. I should order one. Mm, good idea. Sliced right in front of you. It's the Jersey Mike's thing. A sub above. Welcome back. You're listening to Nightly Crowd Catcher with Corey Bank on WQEE 99.1, the key at noon in Georgia. And now we're on to the world of the NCAA football offseason. And our next story is about the University of Carolina, Tar Heel receiver, being denied NCAA waiver request. Next, North Carolina receiver, Devontae Walker, had his waiver for immediate eligibility denied by the NCAA, a decision. Walker described Tuesday as extremely difficult on me and my family. The school has filed an appeal on its behalf. The Charlotte, North Carolina native said in his statement he transferred to North Carolina from Kent State to be closer to his ailing grandmother. He described the stress and anxiety of being away from home. She is my rock, my everything, and I wouldn't be where I am today without her, Walker said. She took care of me when I was younger, and being away from her and the rest of the family was very challenging and hard to deal with. It's meant the world to us to be in the same area where she's just a short drive away. I have far more opportunities to be with her. There is also the added bonus that she wouldn't be available to see my play college football in person. For the first time, since she wasn't able to travel during the time at Kent State, Walker has not had an easy journey to North Carolina. He initially planned to go to East Tennessee State out of high school, but tore his ACL 
and his enrollment was deferred. North Carolina Central took a chance on him in 2020, but both the fall and spring seasons were canceled because of the COVID-19 pandemic. He ended up at Kent State for two seasons, the only spot where he has played in college. Last season, Walker had 58 catches for 921 yards and 11 touchdowns. Walker arrived in time for spring practice and emerged as a top receiver for quarterback Drake May. But he says the stress and anxiety he has felt over the past few years has only grown worse because of the waiver process. Walker said he transferred expecting to play this season, but the NCAA changed its rules regarding two-time transfers and ultimately denied his waiver. This whole experience has been extremely difficult on me and my family. One day, we feel the excitement of being closer to each other. The next day, we're worried about whether or not I'm going to be able to play. Walker said, before I was dealing with the stress anxiety of being away from home, now I've been dealing with those same things through the waiver process, and it's just making things worse. This should be one of the happiest times of my life, and instead, I don't know what's going to happen, and I'm struggling with it all. Because he did not play at North Carolina Central through no fault of his own, Walker is hoping the NCAA will reconsider. North Carolina opens the season in Charlotte against South Carolina. I did everything within the rules to allow me to play this year. Have clearly had some things happen that were out of my control and have dealt with the mental anguish that comes along with it all. Walker said, I want this to be over. I want to stop feeling like this. I just want to play. I want my grandmother to come with me to watch me. I want to be a student and an athlete, and I hope those in charge give me that opportunity. Brown told reporters after practice Tuesday he hopes the NCAA understands the unique circumstances in this case. It's not like he's a normal two-time transfer, Brown said. He's played at one school, he followed all the rules, and then the rules were changed. We feel very, very good that the NCAA will look at this and understand that this is not a normal case of a double standard transfer. And they will go ahead and accept the appeal and let him play. So, it's very interesting to see. I hope they get the appeal done for him, and I hope they really let him play. Walker has shown that he is a very decent human being, and he is for his family in developing those relationships and he's doing what he can under the NCAA code. We wish you the best, Walker. We'll be right back with music news. You don't want to miss it. When you really need something to get you through a long graduation ceremony, Trolley Sour Gummy Worms are there to give you a thrill. With varieties like Trolley Sour Bursting Crawlers, the worm's soft and chewy texture, surprising flavor combinations, and neon bright colors will give everyone a reason to celebrate. So when you want to notch the festivities up a couple degrees, Trolley Sour Gummy Worms are the perfect way for everyone to celebrate. Shop now for any trolley that crawls your way. This is Austin Black, and I am the host of Behind the Tunes. Have you ever wondered about the stories behind your favorite songs? and the journeys of those that sing them? Well, each week, we invite you to go behind the tunes and step into the stories behind your favorite Christian artists that shape the landscape of today's music. 
Hey everybody, this is Andy Crispin. Join me this week for worship as I play two hours of the best in modern worship music from churches and worship leaders around the world. And this week, my special guest is Blake Goss of New Spring Worship. See, I'm doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I'm making ways in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. For us, that scripture came alive because he did a new thing actually in an old place. You don't want to miss a moment of this week's worship with me, your host, Andy Crispin. WQEE 99.1 FM, The Key. Home of Southern Sports and Talk. Noonan, Sharpsburg, Franklin. The Baxters have a new first book. From number one New York Times bestselling novelist Karen Kingsbury, author of life-changing fiction, comes The Baxters, a prequel. The heart-pounding story of Carrie Baxter's wedding. Amidst family tension and the worst storm Bloomington, Indiana has seen in a decade. The Baxters, by America's favorite inspirational storyteller, Karen Kingsbury. Visit KarenKingsbury.com for more information. The Baxters, available now wherever books are sold. I'm pretty handy around the house, but now that I have kids, I don't want to spend my Saturday installing a toilet or fixing an air conditioner. But thankfully, there's HomeAdvisor. HomeAdvisor helps me find the best home pros in my area to handle any kind of project. You can read reviews of the pros, check their availability, even book appointments online. And what my wife loves most is that HomeAdvisor is completely free to use. Go to HomeAdvisor.com or download the free app to get started. HomeAdvisor. Wake up and text. Text and eat. Mm -mm. Text and catch the bus. Text and miss your stop. Wait, 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 wait. Text and be late to work. Sorry, I'm late. Text and work. Text and pretend to work. Text and act surprised when someone calls you out for not working. <clears throat> Who, me? Text and meet up with a friend you haven't seen in forever. Hi. Oh, hey. Text and complain that they're on their phone the whole time. <sighs> Text and listen to them complain that you're on your phone the whole time. Ugh. Text and whatever. But when you get behind the wheel, give your phone to a passenger. Put it in the glove box. Just don't text and drive. Visit StopTextsStopRex.org. A public service announcement brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Welcome back. You're listening to Nightly Crowcatcher with Corey Bank on WQEE 99.1 The Key at Union, Georgia. And now we're on to our music news segment. And our first story is about a early 2000s rock band reuniting for anniversary tour. Next, Jet is getting back in the air and out on the road for a string of concerts this September. For the first time in half a decade, the Melbourne rock band will reunite for a run of concerts to mark the 20th anniversary of their debut album, Get Born. The classic lineup of Nick Sester, vocals and guitarist, Chris Sester, vocals and drum, and Cam Muncy, vocals and guitar, and Mark Wilson on the bass will kick off the trek September 22nd at Melbourne's Forum Theatre, followed by stops at Adelaide's Hendley Street Music Hall, Brisbane's Fortitude Music Hall, and wrapping up September 30th at Sydney's Enmore Theatre. Get Born was a rare and unique moment of total planetary alignment where we somehow managed to capture lighting in a bottle. Comments from Nick Sester on the album that made Jet Fly. Yielding the hits, Are You Gonna Be My Girl? Which 
appeared in an international iTunes campaign and cracked the top 40 of the Billboard Hot 100 chart, peaking at number 29. Look what you've done. Roll over DJ and get me out of here. Get Born went on to land six ARIA awards and certified nine times platinum in Australia. Global sales top 5 million, Rep says, and Get Born remains one of the top five highest selling Australian rock albums to, of all time. Jet was finally grounded in 2012 before briefly reforming in 2017 to play with Bruce Springsteen and the E Street Band on their sold-out Australian tour of that year. A handful of dates followed, including a slot at Fuji Rock Festival in Japan. I don't remember much about the actual day Get Born was released, comments of Wilson, but I think we're in Pittsburgh. I'm sure we celebrated, but to be honest, we celebrated every night back in those days. 2003 was one of the big blurry haze days for me. The general public ticket on sale starts Friday, back on June 16th, but it is still on sale to this day, with pre-sales opening. But and all in all, it's incredible to see that Jet has congregated together and reunited as a team, and it's going to be very interesting to see what they do in their Australian tour. We'll be right back with our last story of music news. You don't want to miss it. The Baxters have a new first book. From number one New York Times best-selling novelist Karen Kingsbury, author of life-changing fiction, comes The Baxters, a prequel. The heart-pounding story of Carrie Baxter's wedding. Amidst family tension and the worst storm Bloomington, Indiana has seen in a decade. The Baxters, by America's favorite inspirational storyteller, Karen Kingsbury. Visit KarenKingsbury.com for more information. The Baxters, available now wherever books are sold. I'm pretty handy around the house but now that i have kids i don't want to spend my saturday installing a toilet or fixing an air conditioner but thankfully there's home advisor home advisor helps me find the best home pros in my area to handle any kind of project you can read reviews of the pros check their availability and even book appointments online and what my wife loves most is that HomeAdvisor is completely free to use. Go to HomeAdvisor.com or download the free app to get started. HomeAdvisor. Wake up and text. Text and eat. Mm-mm. Text and catch the bus. Text and miss your stop. Wait, 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 wait. Text and be late to work. Sorry, I'm late. Text and work. Text and pretend to work. Text and act surprised when someone calls you out for not working. <clears throat> Who, me? Text and meet up with a friend you haven't seen in forever. Hi. Oh, hey. Text and complain that they're on their phone the whole time. <sighs> Text and listen to them complain that you're on your phone the whole time. Ugh. Text and whatever. But when you get behind the wheel, give your phone to a passenger. Put it in the glove box. Just don't text and drive. Visit StopTextsStopRex.org. A public service announcement brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Welcome back. You're listening to Nightly Crow Catcher with Corey Bank on WQEE 99.1 The Key in Newton, Georgia. And our last story of music news is about a early hit 2000s R&B and hip-hop artist belting it out together on stage. Nelly and Ashanti continued to fuel rekindled relationship rumors on Monday. 
with an adorable Instagram story. In the brief video, the duo are seen cuddling up to each other while singing Usher's 1997 hit single, Nice and Slow. So, the Body on Me singers began dating back in 2003, and the details of their romance was somewhat of a mystery to fans before they ultimately broke up in 2013. In June, fans began buzzing when Ashanti and Nelly attended the third annual birthday ball for Quality Control CEO Pierre P. Thomas and were photographed together on the red carpet. The two have yet to confirm their current relationship status. What I will say is we're in a better place now, Ashanti said, of the former couple's relationship on what watch what happens live back in December. You know because before it was like mimics fighting. But we're now cool. Yeah, we have some conversations, you know, but it's cool. Usher, meanwhile, recreated the cover art of Nice and Slow in September to celebrate his album, My Way's 25th Anniversary. A deluxe edition of the album was released September 16th and features newly reimagined versions of three songs, Nice and Slow, My Way, and You Make Me Wanna. So, a mini document was there. But it's nice to see that they are collabing together and working together since they had such a huge chemistry from back in the day. But that's what remains to be seen. How do you make the most of your land? Everyone has their way. The Nelsons depend on their John Deere Gator XUV 835R to get from point A to point B with decoys and the dogs. Much as we got going on, it's all about efficiency. And if you ask the Mosers what they use their Gator XUV 590M for, they tell you. The most fun we have on the Gator is just repping around the property. There are millions of ways to make the most of your land. Learn how to make the most of yours at deer.com. Nothing runs like a deer. I'm pretty handy around the house, but now that I have kids, I don't want to spend my Saturday installing a toilet or fixing an air conditioner. But thankfully, there's HomeAdvisor. HomeAdvisor helps me find the best home pros in my area to handle any kind of project. You can read reviews of the pros, check their availability, even book appointments online. And what my wife loves most is that HomeAdvisor is completely free to use. Go to HomeAdvisor.com or download the free app to get started. HomeAdvisor. I'm not going to lie. I know nothing about cars. And I don't really mind keeping it that way. This, it's cool. I called CarShield before my car broke down. Thanks to CarShield, I don't have to understand anything about what's broken because plans can pay for repairs on up to 6,000 parts of my car. Leave fixing cars to the experts and call CarShield before your car breaks down and maybe save some money for once. It's a thought. Call 800-579-6554. 800-579-6554. At Jersey Mike's, they slice your order fresh right in front of you. And let me tell you, watching that can send a rush of emotions through a person. Excitement, impatience, baby-like wonder, indecisive, anticipatory chewing, nervous pacing, happy claps, and finally, jealousy, because that's this guy's sub. I should order one. Good idea. Sliced right in front of you. It's a Jersey Mike's thing. A sub above. Welcome back. You're listening to the Nightly Crowdcatcher with Corey Bank on WQEE 99.1 The Key out of Newton, Georgia. Everyone, thank you for listening in tonight. Thank you, WQEE. Everyone, get home safe. Have a great night's sleep. And we'll see you at the next one. Have a great night, everybody.
Take care.